The funeral was scheduled for a Friday morning. It was a very well-attended funeral for the deceased was loved by many. Many accolades were shared about this man's life. He was a member of the local Lions Club. He was always willing to buy candy or magazines from the students in his community. In fact, he was working on his 10-gallon pin uh, for, with the Red Cross. The local church loved him because he served unselfishly. He was quick to encourage and quick to offer a helping hand to the church body. Well, the pastor, as he conducted the service, he continued the accolades by sharing that uh, this individual who had passed away had been a member of their church for 40 years. In fact, uh, the very same church which his parents were married in. He was baptized as an infant in the church and uh, completed the confirmation class at the age of 15. And the pastor explained that uh, because of his baptism and his confirmation class, he is now in heaven with his heavenly father. Because of his confirmation and his baptism, he is now in the presence of God. I'm sorry, but religion won't cut it. This morning's theme is just that. Religion won't cut it. Uh, it's one of those misconceptions that must be cleared up when it comes to salvation. Last week's misconception was this. People believe if you live a good life and follow the rules, then you will go to heaven. Moral goodness won't cut it. And this morning you will see that religion won't cut it either. So let me invite you to take your Bibles and join me in Romans chapter 2. We'll be uh, looking at verses 17 through 29. Again, that is Romans chapter 2, verse, beginning in verse 17. And so we'll read to the end of the chapter. And again, our theme this morning that the Apostle Paul, the writer here, is focusing upon is that religion won't cut it when it comes to salvation. So follow along as I read that passage for us this morning. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God, if you know His will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have the law, uh, the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? 
As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you have become as though you had not been circumcised. If those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though those or though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code of circumcision, are a lawbreaker. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. Religion won't cut it. Well, last week, as we uh, continued in our series on Romans, uh, Paul here, the author, he addressed the moralist. And he shared that even though they felt pretty good about their behavior, about the things they didn't do or the things they did do, Paul says, you know, it's not good enough when it comes to salvation. Well, today, Paul addresses the religious, those individuals who, who think that because they go to church and belong to the right group of people, they will be in heaven. Well, such thinking is erroneous, and Paul exposes this misconception with these thoughts. His thoughts regarding religion. At this time, you're invited to follow along in your bulletin as we press on through the outline here. Well, here's the first thing regarding religion. Religious labels won't save you. Okay, Number one, religious labels won't save you. Now, the label that is expressed in our text this morning here is in verse 17. And the label is this. The people of Israel provided, uh, prided, themselves, prided themselves in the fact that they were called a Jew. And here's what verse 17 says. Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, that's in verse 17. Those who were Jewish felt that uh, this, in, this identity, the identity of being called a Jew, uh, entitled them to favor with God. They figured that since they were part of a chosen race, God would welcome them into the kingdom. And this was all based on their label, the label that they were a Jew. But it's false to think that a label can save you. Now this misconception about labels continues today. It's in our communities, it's in our churches. However, instead of calling ourselves Jews, we call ourselves a Baptist. And because we are a Baptist, we think we are a shoe-in when it comes to salvation. Or some think, well, because they're a Mormon, they, they are a shoe-in into God's kingdom. Or, or just because they are a member of an elite organization, they think because of that status, they are a shoe-in when it comes to heaven. Paul tells us this morning, labels have nothing to do with salvation. 
Religion won't cut it. Number two. Paul says religious rules won't save you. Okay? Religious rules won't save you. We're back at verse 17 once again. And verse 17 says, Now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship with God, well, it goes on to say that they feel pretty good about their status of having the law, having rules. Now, there's a word in verse 17 uh, that reveals the attitude of certain Jews. And it says this, they brag about their relationship with God. And further on in chapter 2, it says, uh, you brag about the law. That's in verse 23, you brag about the law. So one, one aspect that the Jews prided themselves on was the fact that they had the label of being God's chosen people, the Jew. So that was one aspect that they took pride in. Another aspect to their pride is, that the, is the law that they follow. You see, the Jews are the recipients of God's law. And of course, when we reflect on various Bible stories, especially the story of Moses and the Ten Commandments, how you know, Moses received the Ten Commandments from God and then delivered them on to the people. So yes, Jews, uh, God's chosen people, did receive the law, and they take pride in that fact. Ah. And they believe that uh, because they have the law, they have knowledge and they have wisdom to instruct others on God's character and so forth. And they see themselves as teachers who bring enlightenment to the rest of the population or the rest of the people. But as we read on through chapter 2 there, after verse 17, these people who prided themselves on keeping the law would break the very law that they prided themselves about keeping. Didn't Paul ask them, you who say don't steal, do you not steal? And you who says, don't commit adultery, are, are you not committing adultery? So the very rules that they prided themselves on obeying, they would break. See, Paul wants these Jewish people to understand that instruction and understanding of the law won't cut it when it comes to salvation. You see, religion is not the ticket, the answer to salvation. There's a third thing that Paul addresses here when he's speaking to these Jewish people. He says this, number three, religious behavior won't save you, okay? Religious behavior won't save you. Now, point number three here is closely associated with point number two, the law, because uh, when you are a law follower, it does affect your behavior. They kind of go hand in hand, law and behavior. Uh, the Jews sought to live his or her life in accordance with God's law, and many Jews did a great job, okay? They did a great job of following the law, doing the right thing, avoiding the wrong thing. They worked hard at it. But when it comes to doing the right thing or doing good, being a good person, it does not cut it when it comes to salvation. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. You've heard this passage many a times. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this not from yourselves. Salvation is a gift of God. And then the last phrase. Salvation is not by works so that no one can boast. You see, behavior will not save you. Now, even though the Jews were good rule followers, verses 21, 22, and 23, you can look at those a little bit later, but they reveal that they were not perfect. And we spoke about this just moments ago. The very things that they condemned others for doing, they themselves were doing. So rules did not curtail their behavior. Here's the truth that I want you to grab hold of. And here's the truth. If you want to go to heaven without the assistance of Jesus Christ, live a perfect life. Live a perfect life. And that's the operative word in that sentence. Perfection. Okay. If you want to get to heaven without any kind of a help from God, without the assistance of Jesus Christ, it's simple. At least insane, just live a perfect life and you'll be all right. Live a perfect life. That's truth number one. I have a second truth to balance number one. It only takes one sin to ruin perfection. And each of you played that card a long time ago. Okay? Including myself. It only takes one sin to ruin perfection. And so now we're back. Back to dependence on what Jesus Christ has done for each one of us. Number four. Paul says, in addition to the law and the behavior, those things not being adequate, to save you, he says in number four, religious ritual will not save you as well. See, ritual was important to the Jewish people. And one such ritual is highlighted for us here in our text this morning, and that's in verse 25 of Romans chapter 2. So take a look at it. Verse 25 says this, Circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you have become as though you had not been circumcised. So this is one of those rituals uh, of the Jewish people that they prided themselves on keeping in the course of circumcision. Um, why, why, why did they do this circumcision stuff? Well, let me uh, just take you to Genesis chapter 17, and uh, here we get a little uh, background information, some insight as to why circumcision was so important. So we're looking at Genesis chapter 17 and uh, looking at verses 9 through 12. And so here's uh, the meaning behind circumcision. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. What's this covenant? He says, every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be 
the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generation to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. So here we see from Genesis chapter 17 that um, the circumcision, the ritual, was a sign that uh, communicated that, you know, you do belong to God. Okay, remember, God chose the Israelites, uh, the Jewish people, and, uh, and one, of the, one of the rituals, one of the uh, ceremonial rites that they performed to indicate that, yes, we are God's people, was circumcision. This ritual that Israel relied on to make them acceptable to God, that's what they did. They thought, well, if we are circumcised, well, then we're acceptable, acceptable to God. But as verses 28 and 29 reveal, it is the heart that makes one right with God, not the ritual. Okay? Remember, he just said, Paul just said, he says, you know, you can be a Jew, and you can be circumcised, but if you don't live for God, well, then all that stuff is nothing. It's a waste of time. It's, it's no good. And then he goes on to say, you know, there's even people who are not Jewish, but they follow me. They obey me. They, they delight in me. Those people, he says, who are the real Jews. Okay? So what we see here in verses 28 and 29 is not the ritual that makes us right before God. It's rather our heart. It's our heart that makes us right before God. Now, there is a danger with rituals. Let me just share this as we come to the end. There is a danger with rituals. And the danger is this. And it includes religion. Religion and rituals are dangerous because they shield us from the reality. Okay? Let me just say that once again. Religion and rituals are dangerous because they, they shield us from the reality. And what is the reality? The reality is we are sinners. But it's the ritual and it's our religion that makes us feel good about ourselves. And that's dangerous. And it's because of ritual and because of religion, we don't think we need a Savior. But the reality is, the truth is, we are rotten. We've played our card already, remember? We have sinned. We're not perfect. And we need a Savior. So, be aware of ritual and religion because it masks who we really are. So Paul here, as he uh, writes the book of Romans, and I've shared this in previous messages, there is a theme, and the theme is about salvation. It's about becoming right before God, becoming acceptable before God. And Paul wants us to understand, you know, it's not being a moral person, doing the right thing, living the right way that makes us right before God, nor is it your religion or your ritual that makes you right before God. He wants to address those misconceptions because they are dangerous. Such misconceptions keep people out of heaven. And so what we want to do here this morning as we come to, to the close, you know, what are you trusting in? Is it moral values called moralism or are you trusting in a religion or a ritual? 
If so, it won't cut it. It won't cut it. But let me share. This is what does work. When we recognize that we are a sinner and we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and accept him as our Lord and Savior, that's what works. Where do you stand? Let's pray. Father God, thanks again for your word, how it clarifies and makes it clear that uh, it's not being a good person, it's not our church affiliation, it's not our religion, it's not our rituals that makes us right. We, come be, we become right because of what Jesus has done. Lord, again, we reaffirm as a people. We are special because of what Jesus Christ has done. We thank you for your son who died on the cross for our sins, who was buried, who came back to life. Lord, you've made it simple. You've just asked us, trust, believe, accept that truth. And Lord, that we do this morning. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.